Warning, the content of the show is left-leaning and offers radical ideas, plus challenging the status quo. Accordingly, we ask you to remain calm and have an open mind. If not, there are other podcast shows that can speak to your conformity. Shut up and sit down. Thank you for listening to this episode of Outfront. I'm your host, AJ. Um, this episode is kind of like an unofficial series of episodes I've been doing, um, whether it's here on Firebrand or if I'm with my friend Nick on Outfront on this podcast um, network. This idea of the Republican Party is broken. I mean, it's, it's beyond broken. It's shattered, really shattered, and it's all because of Donald Trump. Not Trump, Trump. Say it with me now. Okay, so what I want to discuss is, let's go, I want to talk about how, why this is important, and why we're having this conversation about the Republican Party more so than anything else. One of my fondest memories um, growing up is I remember the first time I went to Springfield, Illinois. I was probably around sixth grade, and I went down to Springfield for a weekend. It was a camping trip, and we were supposed to hit up all of these Lincoln signs, Lincoln's house, Lincoln's grave, and one of them was the old state capitol building where Lincoln was a legislator at. Now, this is like my first time being in Springfield, and this is the first time I actually get to be in a city that a president that came from Illinois was at. So this was like very exciting for me and everything. And we get into inside the Capitol building, and you go through all of these rooms. It's a very, very small building. If you if you're in Springfield, Illinois, I recommend going there. You can there's a tour, but I highly recommend just walking around and getting lost in the space in this historical space. Now, when you're in the first first floor, there's like a room, and it's essentially like the library. And this was the room that Lincoln wrote many many of his speeches and research many many things about policies and understanding certain things because for those of you who may not know I mean Lincoln was self-educated you know he essentially read law Um, he never went to school at all so he read the law and became a lawyer as such you know he was really into reading and understanding things and when you're in that room, and this is where the famous House Divided speech was drafted. And then he took that upstairs into the House of Representatives when the Republicans was trying to nominate him to go against Stephen Douglas for the state Senate slot and everything. And the House Divided speech is probably one of my favorite speeches 
it's probably in my top five. Um, it's it's very it's very important even today. Um, even the language in that speech still is still current today. And for those who don't know about the the speech itself, essentially what the speech is is says, the house divided against itself cannot stand. I believe this government cannot endure permanently half slave and half free. I do not expect the union to be dissolved. I do not expect the house to fall, but I do expect that it will cease to be divided. It will be become all one thing or all the other. Either the opponents of slavery will arrest the further spread of it and place it where the public mind shall rest in the belief that it is of the course of ultimate extinction, or its advocates will push it forward till it shall become lawful in these states, old as well as new, north as well as south. That's just one passage. That's like one of the known passages of that speech. But that first couple lines, a house divided against itself, cannot stand and I believe this government cannot endure permanently half slave and half free now this was going back to you know that time of Lincoln and how we're kind of encroaching onto civil war but why am I talking about the house divided speech we you hear often by the Republicans that the Republican Party is the party of Lincoln and Theodore Roosevelt. And every time I hear that, I kind of get upset a little bit because Republic, the Republican Party today is not the party of Lincoln or Roosevelt or Eisenhower at all. It's pretty much still... Reagan, you know? Um, and why do I say that? Well, I mean, we have to understand why the Republican Party exists at all. The Republican Party came out of the Whig Party, which was one of the established parties of that time. You know, it was founded in 1833. And that came by way of merging both this National Republican Party and the anti Masonic Party. That's the Whig Party. Um, this they were really about um, protectionism of the economy regarding about tariffs. They were about centralization. Um, they had a little bit of Jeffersonianism in their ideology, and. First and foremost, I mean, this was a party to go against Jackson. And the, when the Whig Party got started was during this time of democracy that was developing in the United States. We can always pinpoint that Jefferson was the first in this period of democracy being developed in the United States and Lincoln being the end bookend of the, the democracy of the United States. So when the Whig Party got formed, then there was a 
fraction in the Whig Party, which became the Republican Party. The, the, the idea of Republicanism in itself was, is, is the idea of the citizen in the state as a republic. This is totally different from a dictatorship or a monarchy. And when you talk about republicanism, um, there's a lot of central concepts. I mean, you're talking about civic virtue, due process, civil society, equality before the law, um, popular sovereignty, social contract, you know, the very things that all of this stuff is very, dare I say, liberal. Um, this is like the early ages of liberalism. And we can go a little bit further back on this idea of a republic when you read um, Plato's Republic and how he outlines that. And we can look moving forward in the Renaissance period and how repu this idea of republic go comes about, especially in the Netherlands. We can look in the Enlightenment period of England and France and how they take republicanism a little bit further. And then we can look at the British Empire and the Commonwealth nations in the United States around this time, in Sweden and Spain. And then we ask this question about, well, how does democracy play into this? And we can look to Ben Franklin, Thomas Paine, Thomas Jefferson when it comes to republicanism. So once was the Whig Party is now moving into this party called the Republican Party. Now for those of you who are fans of political party history and all that stuff, you can debate amongst yourselves on where the Republican Party got birthed. Um, others say... It got started in in Michigan. Um, I'm of the opinion that it got started in Ripon, Wisconsin. Um, that's just my that's just my thought, um, but that's up for debate. And when you go to Ripon, Wisconsin, you know you see the little schoolhouse there, and I've driven by that many many times. And for some of my friends who have been with me, and every time I look at it, they um, kind of look at me and they're like, are you okay? I'm like, it's fine. And, and, I, and I've been there. I mean, it is interesting to go to a place where certain ideologies got to be born. So on March 20th, 1854... The Republican Party got started in Ripon, Wisconsin. And the first convention of the Republican Party was July 6th of 1854 in Jackson, Michigan. And this is where we started seeing this um, take about 
the Republican Party and everything. And depending how you look at it, I, I've always feel that the Republican Party was the first mainstream third party in the United States. And you look at some of the people who have helped sculpt the Republican Party. The first one was Lincoln. There have been other seats in the Senate and the House and governors. But this is, you could put someone like Lincoln, who was the first Republican president of this new party. And that's a very awesome thing. That you look at the people that Lincoln was running up against. Um, You look at, you know, people who discredited him because of his failure at a state senate campaign and a few other campaigns that he was um, running up against and everything, and he never won. But this is a person who defined all odds. Now, the time he served two terms, and he's a Whig at that point in 1846, in the U.S. House of Representatives. And that was only, like I said, for two terms as a, a Whig. Then you go into the Republican side, and this is when you started, like I said, people getting behind him and everything. And you look at the election, you had Lincoln, Douglas, Breckinridge, and Bell. Four-way race, okay? And the United States is kind of taking shape, but we still have a few Western and mountain territories that we haven't claimed yet. That manifest destiny hasn't come about just yet. So you have someone like Stephen Douglas, who's a household name at this point, who's a Democrat. You have Breckinridge, who was a Southern Democrat, and John Bell, who was part of this new Constitutional Union Party. So in their own right, they're kind of known. But they have Lincoln, and people know about Lincoln because of his dealings with Stephen Douglas and everything. But he's out there running, and he wins states like Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Iowa, Minnesota, California, Oregon as well as the North Eastern New England states. And Douglas is only getting Jersey and Missouri, and that's it. You know, Breckenridge has the entire South because he's from that area. Um, Bell only takes Kentucky, Tennessee, and Virginia. But it's Lincoln who makes it out at the end of the day. So we move forward from Lincoln. He's in there. We know his story. He's in there. Civil War. Then his assassination. In April of 1863. 
we move forward to Teddy Roosevelt. And this is a person who is different in some ways. He's a different Republican because he's very progressive. He had this thing called a square deal during this progressive era of the United States. The square deal, this idea to help the middle class, to attack plutocracy and bad trusts. He protected businesses. He was a conservationist. And he did all of these things, and he did a lot of um, executive orders on things. And he got Congress to pass some things, but for the most part, it's through executive order that he got some of the stuff done. He um, put a measure in to improve better protection for naval officers. He approved for securing wages of employees on public works. He approved making wages preferred claims. He approved to regulate the hours of labor on the railroad employees in the District of Columbia and territories. He helped passed the Federal Employees Liability Act and because of author Upton Sinclair's The Jungle he passed Pure Food Drug Act as well as the Meat Inspection Act he also put forward other regulations when it comes to like food coloring and other bioethic things. He appointed uh, a house commission to evaluate slum conditions. We all know about his record on conservation. He put in public projects like the Forest Homestead Act, the Inland Waterway Commission. He helped veterans. He put in a lot of acts like the Adams Act, for education to provide additional funds for agricultural research. He was a champion of rural areas. And I'm listing all these things because he's the one other Republican that I like. And yeah, he's a Republican, but what, what leads me to say this, there's a difference between being a Republican and a conservative. Those are two separate things. And that's why the Republican Party is not the party of Roosevelt or Lincoln, because Roosevelt and Lincoln were more progressive than the Republicans we have today. If Lincoln and Roosevelt saw what was going on today, they would not be Republicans at all. So when this idea of Republicanism started, it started to become this idea that we it has to be about the people. It has to be about this idea of pop popular sovereignty. 
But as it moved forward, then this idea of conservatism got injected in. Now we can pinpoint as to where that may have happened. But really, when the conservatism came in, this idea of having free market capitalism, free enterprise, a strong national defense, deregulation, restrictions on unions, um, adding in traditional values and a Christian foundation and opposing policies such as abortion and dealing with the issue of illegal immigration is all conservatism ideas, not republicanism ideas. Because like I said, republicanism is more about liberals than conservatism is right now. So if you actually had to put it on a spectrum, republicanism is more of a left idea and conservatism is more of a right idea. So, who started this? I mean, this idea of all these things, where did it get started? My own suspicions of how this got started is once the New Deal era was coming to a close that you started having other people trying to do away with what um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was doing um, because we have to remember that when you started having people like Roosevelt and soon after you had Eisenhower around in the 50s, he was still considered a progressive in some regard, even though he was a war hero and everything. Other people might look at as soon as Teddy Roosevelt left the party because you have to remember when he when McKinley got assassinated then Roosevelt took an office and he considered that his first term and he ran again and that was his second term and he was really about personal term limits but the people who were in Main Street at the time, Main Street, excuse me, Wall Street, that they didn't like some of these big bu- trust-busting ideas that Teddy was doing. So unfortunately, Roosevelt ham picked his successor who was William Howard Taft which I don't know why he picked him 
Um, historians have their own interpretations as to why um, Roosevelt, in some regards, just kind of him see him as more as a softy. Taft is. But Taft was also in bed with Wall Street type people. And the very things that Roosevelt did, Taft really overturned some of those things. And you can look at around that time is when that's when conservatism started happening. And then Roosevelt came in on a third-party ticket as a progressive party, a bull moose party. And and that never worked out at all. And then you started seeing Warren Harding, Calvin Coolidge, and Herbert Hoover, who got elected in their respective years. Teapot Dome scandal happened. And then you had the crash of Wall Street. In 1929. And that's where you had the Great Depression. Then you started having the New Deal, as I mentioned. And then from that moment forward, all these conservatives was coming into the fold. Nixon, then Ford, then Reagan, who's really more of a libertarian, then George H.W. Bush, and then his son, who came right after Clinton. So, here's my point in this whole diatribe of information I'm providing for you. What we're seeing now, and especially this hoopla between Trump, Rubio, Cruz, is this really shattered moment of the Republican Party. The Republican Party of the old are really turning in their graves. The more quote-unquote modern Republican presidents, Nixon, Ford, Reagan, maybe Eisenhower, are probably having their own arguments right now or applauding certain people. So this is where this is where the conundrum lies, ladies and gentlemen. We have a, a broken party who cannot stand on themselves because their house is divided. And if they are the party of Lincoln, then they would be going back to that very speech that I was talking about. A house divided cannot stand. It just can't. I mean, the Democrats are the same way, but that's that's a different episode. So, this is where we're at. We have been seeing a party unfolding before us that is just shattering, shattering. And and, and I can guarantee you that if people want to see Trump 
Strump, however you want to call him, in office, it will be a whole new era of conservatism, if it's even called that anymore. Or we're going to see the last president of the United States. Because we have to remember, ladies and gentlemen, when we have seen other countries who may have had political parties or they had a majority of a populist group, when you started having essentially dictators take over the country, that be it Hitler, that be it Mussolini, that be it Idi Amin, um, the Alatollah, pick your dictator. (laughs) Um, You start seeing um, changes, fascism, you know, the other end of the right spectrum when it comes to political ideologies. So, let's not call them the Republican Party. I mean, I consider them more of a conservative party, but let's not call them the Republican Party because they are not about progressive ideas. They are not about this idea of popular sovereignty. They're not about the people. They are about conserving free market, free enterprise, capitalism. They're about deregulating the very policies that we have for the benefit of big business, injecting Judeo-Christian ideals, aims. For those of us who don't subscribe to that, foundations or the idea of traditional values we're in a whole new era in the world we're in an era that is more about open source about exploring what family means what love means we are in an era of better understanding how to have Educate, had a, a better education system. We're in an era to protect our environment through conservation and preservation, through sustainability. But we're not going to get that with Trump. And we're not going to get it through this conservative party either. If you really want to have a Republican party, then I suggest to all of those out there who are part of the Republican Party to really look at the ideals that Republicanism upholds. And I want you to really look at what conservatives uphold. And if you really think at the end of the day that what we have now is much better, that's fine. That's your choice and everything. But you know, as well as I know, 
it is not going to hold up in the solar system that we call government. So, if you really want to mend your house, I would advise that you look at the very foundation of your house because you can't just fix the house by putting a new door on, new window, and walls because your foundation is cracking, if not crumbling. And when it comes to be November here in 2016, the house will fall. And since I'm a nice guy, I will have you come into my home because I know you need shelter. Thank you for um, listening to this episode of Firebrand. As I said, I'm your host, AJ. Um, thank you for listening to us too here on this podcast network. Um, and please check us out. If you haven't already, go to um, Podcast and Radio Addict on your Android phone. Or go to your podcast app on your iPhone. Either way, um, go to your apps and check us out, especially Firebrand. Um, and like I said, um, the house is divided, the foundation shattering. I want you to fix your house because I'm all about the discourse, but I'm also worried about you guys, you know. So get out there and stay strong, my friends.